Good morning, and welcome to this very special episode of History Over Coffee. Today, we are not just going to cover this day in history, but we're going to cover or provide the historical context for an ongoing event that I believe has global ramifications. It's the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War that broke out on October 6th um, and was fought till October 25th in 1973 between Israel and a coalition of Arab states led by Egypt and Syria. As we all know, in the last 48 hours, Hamas, a, a Palestinian group, has killed over 700 Israelis, and as retaliation, Israelis have killed over 470 Palestinians. Now, there is obviously historical background to how this conflict has come to be where it is. And to provide us with the historical context that we think is very important to understand, current events. Joining me is Dr. Chris White of the History Department at Marshall University. Welcome back, Dr. White. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And I think this is extremely important to provide the historical background and context to understanding current Israel-Palestinian conflict. Um, so hand it, I hand it over to you now to you know, tell us about the history and how we have come to this day today. Thank you. So I think that uh, this is obviously a shock for everyone. It's really, uh, it seems like it came out of the blue, but mm -hmm. really we were actually just covering this in my class last week and in all, um, you know, all last week in several of my classes, we were covering the Middle East. And if you look at the chapter, it's actually a book uh, called Prisoners of Geography by Tim Marshall. And, and throughout the chapter, Israel plays an outsized role and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you know, um, I asked my students to see how many times they can find instances in the chapter that are actually connected to the current conflict. Mm -hmm. And uh, we found many, because even if you talk about a country like Lebanon or Syria or Egypt or Jordan, then mm -hmm. that's actually connected to this conflict today as well. Right. If you look at the British Empire, it's connected mm -hmm. to it. So mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's useful for people to understand that what we're seeing in the in the media right now is really uh, it's important to, to see those images, but it's also really important to take a step back and say, well, what did this what do the scholars have to say about this? And the scholars mm -hmm. have so many uh, great explanations for the context of this. Why right. is this erupting? Uh, why is it that past efforts to uh, have peace treaties have failed largely? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think we can boil that down. So the, the question about why it broke out right now is really a long one, but mm -hmm. uh, with long roots. But I think we can boil it down to three different things, which I, I tend to try and do. One, it's obviously uh, there's geography in there. Mm -hmm. Two is about religion. And mm -hmm. three is uh, imperialism. Mm -hmm. There's so many. You know, and I say that because you can't just uh, try and have a peace treaty right now mm -hmm. without taking into account all those elements. These are huge elements, mm -hmm. right? We can't ignore mm -hmm. the geographical limitations on uh, on the people who live over there and, and how that's been used politically and militarily. We can't mm -hmm. ignore the religious element of, uh, especially of, uh, Jerusalem and the lands in the West Bank, which mm -hmm. many Israelis um, uh, hold uh, sacred historically. And, uh, and we can't ignore the ongoing presence of the effect of the British Empire and the Ottoman Empire and the role of the United States there um, mm -hmm. on the ground today. 
So would it be possible for you to lay it all out on a timeline for our listeners? When would you say the roots of the conflict go back to? I mean, you know, again, if we wanted to, we can take it back to the 15th, 16th century with the Ottoman state. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't have that sort of time. So would you say you could see some roots of this conflict starting, emerging in the early 20th century? I think that's probably the best place to start. Uh, if we wanted to go further back, we could. As you said, I think that the longest running element is the role of anti-Semitism, uh, mm -hmm. because we can look back, you know, several thousand years to that, and it really culminates in the Holocaust, but it also culminates in things like uh, Zionism too, where there is a, a desperate mm -hmm. need for Jews in Europe to find a place where they can actually feel safe. The U.S played that role for a long time. We accepted 4 million Jews here at the turn of the century over the, in the aftermath of wow. the, the assassination of Tsar Alexander II in mm -hmm. 1881, when the Jews mm -hmm. were blamed for it. You had mass uh, pogroms, you know, devastation of Jewish communities in, in uh, Russian Empire territory. And so Ukraine. Mm -hmm. there you go. And so, mm -hmm. so many were able to come to the United States as an escape valve. Mm -hmm. uh, this coincides also with the rise of uh, Zionism with Theodor Herzl, mm -hmm. but there's only a few tens of thousands of Jews who go down to uh, to Palestine at mm -hmm. this time. By the 19 teens, by World War One, there are nearly four million Jews in the United States, and there's uh, maybe forty thousand or so that are in Palestine at this time. Wow. So, so what happens um, after the end of World War One? How do how does this all change? So there's a, a few moving pieces that I'm going to try and explain. So one is that uh, there are a lot of global forces which are causing people in different countries to make decisions simultaneously. So mm -hmm. in the United States, for example, with a huge amount of Jewish and Italian and German and Irish immigration in the previous century, we finally cut off immigration to uh, mostly to people coming from Catholic and Jewish countries as, as well as uh, East Asia. That's mm -hmm. 1924. That leads to the creation of the Border Patrol. And mm -hmm. uh, there's an anti-immigration law that we have in place that shuts mm -hmm. the door for Jewish out-migration from Eastern Europe and, and Germany. Mm -hmm. And so they really only have one other place they can go. The UK shut it off as well mm -hmm. uh, in 1905, interestingly, under Balfour, mm -hmm. and um, who was then in favor of, um, of Jewish, uh, a Jewish homeland. So then, uh, so then Jews start to migrate down to, um, to Palestine, but when World War I ends, in the midst of World War I, of course, uh, we have the Sykes-Picot Treaty, or uh, um, not treaty, but uh, Sykes-Picot um, Agreement. Agreement, yeah, well, on the map. And then we have the Balfour Declaration in 1917, which is a British um, advocation for a Jewish homeland in Palestine. Mm -hmm. And so then the British have control over Palestine as of 1920 with the British mandate. And you see mm -hmm. a large amount of Jewish migration going there. And this ends up leading to conflict with uh, the Arab population that's there. And of course, by the time the Holocaust happens, um, you have large amounts of, of uh, Jews who have migrated to Israel because they've been fleeing Hitler mm -hmm. in the 1930s and 40s. And mm -hmm. then you have the, uh, the creation of the state of Israel, which is uh, sanctioned by the, uh, the United Nations and accepted by the United States and the Soviet Union and right. all that too. So, so that would be under the category of British imperialism. Um, but you also started out by saying geography is a major category. Can you tell our listeners about what you mean by that? 
Well, part of the geographical issue is that uh, has to do with water. And mm -hmm. so the water rights have um, really been something that the um, Israeli government has taken a lot of initiative in capturing so that they can you know, water their fields and so that they can uh, grow food, of course, and, and, uh, and products for, uh, for export. Mm -hmm. And this has been something that uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis have been actually struggling over and even the surrounding states who are affected by the same river systems. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one element of geography. Another one is just the small space that we're talking about where uh, you have these three big religions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, that uh, claim uh, that, that are part of their holy lands, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's another geographical aspect. And then, of course, the third one is that as a result of these many wars between 1948 and the present day, mm -hmm. the geography has been something, the space itself on the land has been um, uh, fought over by both sides. And the Israeli government has uh, used military means to control especially the Gaza and the West Bank and this has affected the way of life of the Palestinians and this has led to a huge outpouring of uh, of anger and support for Palestinians by uh, by Muslims um, outside of uh, of Israel and the surrounding countries too. Wow. Um, so in many ways, as you're tracing the history and the conflict that has been ongoing since, you know, let's just say the 19th century. I mean, does it seem like what happened in the past 48 hours seemed almost inevitable? I think so, just because there is, you know, both sides have examples of this kind of thing, not exactly mm -hmm. like this, but this kind of thing where, where atrocities have been carried out. Um, if you, you know, um, if you look back to 1948, for example, that's not when the shooting began, but uh, in 1948, there are Palestinian attacks on Jewish villages, and then there are Jewish attacks on Palestinian villages, like the Palestinians can point to the April 9th. 1948 uh, massacre at uh, Der and uh, and then the, the uh, Israelis can point to a lot of other kind of smaller attacks. And so that's one thing I've, that I've noticed too, looking at this history is that there are several of these major attacks uh, that, uh, that each side uh, can point to. But, uh, but in most cases though, the Palestinians are carrying out attacks um, that seem to be kind of for effect. You know, there's like a few people killed at a time. There's a, a suicide bombing where a couple dozen people are killed. And then that happens over and over again. And then the Israeli side um, has attacks where maybe a hundred or more are killed. They have these kind of devastating attacks that they can, um, that they've uh, carried out in response. They say it's in response. Of course, Palestinians say they're responding to the to the mm -hmm. Israelis as well. And it's kind of like, uh, where does it, who fired the shirt first shot a hundred years ago? Who knows? Right, um, right. It's the chicken claim. and the egg, right. Yeah. And there's right. that memory, there's that memory in people's hearts, mm -hmm. I think, of family members who have been harmed and uh, on both sides. And so it's just very difficult to, to come to an arrangement where they can live with each other in the same space. So again, I'm not going to put the responsibility on you to solve these large, you know, geopolitical world issues. But as a historian who has extensively studied this region, um, you know, you've so clearly laid out so convincingly why we are where we are today with the conflict. What does history tell us about is is this an issue that can ever be resolved? I guess the question is: Are there parallel examples in history? Mm -hmm. Or even currently, would they be able to come to an agreement? I think 
Um, I can't think of any myself in part because uh, you don't have a similar situation where there's so much memory of devastation by both sides. The, the Jewish population can point to terrorist attacks that can happen anywhere at any time mm -hmm. in the occupied territories and in Israel proper, and mm -hmm. even to Jews outside of Israel, like we saw in Munich. They can point to those. Mm -hmm. And the Palestinians can point to it as well. The, um, if we look at the, the war in Lebanon, for example, you have the Sabra and Shatila massacres uh, in uh, 1982. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though that was carried out by Christian militias in Lebanon, the Israeli military was there in a cordon around it. And so a lot of the Palestinians can point to that and say, well, okay, this is something that Israel supported. Of course, you know, that's very questionable what role they actually played in it. Right. But uh, but certainly there's that. But either way, what it, it almost doesn't matter who did what, because there's still death and devastation that people can remember. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter just what happens in Gaza or just what happens in the West Bank. Uh, it also happens in the other wars, which makes this so complicated because it really is international. Right. Um, so, I mean, but having this as an ongoing conversation, do you also want to tell our listeners about tomorrow? and what you are planning to do to add to this conversation tomorrow? Yes, and, and I'm glad you asked because I felt like uh, with something like this, mm -hmm. uh, I think it requires somebody who's actually been on the ground and who has been studying this for a lot longer than I have. So tomorrow, I'm going to be talking to my good friend, um, Rabbi Victor Urecki out of the uh, Benai Jacob uh, Synagogue in Charleston. He's mm -hmm. uh, very well known in the state, but also um, throughout the country. And he's been to um, Israel several times. And so he has an, um, a perspective on the ground. He's also been a member of um, APAC for quite some time. And so he has the perspective of someone who, who cares about uh, what happens in Israel and who's invested in it emotionally, personally, um, mm -hmm. and who understands the history. He's also an immigrant himself. And so he's an advocate for immigration rights for people. Wonderful. And mm -hmm. so he's got multiple layers of knowledge and experience. And I, and I thought it would be great to have a conversation with him so he could help explain the context of this from his perspective. Wow, that is so interesting. And for our listeners, that interview will be uh, uploaded tomorrow. Um, and thank you, Dr. White, for joining us today and for, you know, telling our listeners and me that this conflict doesn't just come out of isolation. There is a long history of how these two groups came to be where they are today. Um, thank you so much, Dr. White. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. And that was History Over Coffee. Um, please follow us on Instagram and Apple and you can download this podcast on Apple Music, Amazon, uh, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. And we look forward to, uh, you know, listening to your conversation tomorrow with this expert who will probably provide a different context and uh, further add to this conversation. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Bye.